an official welcome to everyone, to our three guests today, and um, anyone who's watching the recording of this drop-in discuss discussion, which is part of the Europe Leaders Learning Community. Um, so I hope that you're familiar by now with the europellc.eu website. There's lots of wonderful resources on there. And every month we take a different theme um, and we, we talk about it. So this month's theme is the theme of entrepreneurship and thinking outside the box, which um, is a, a great thing to be talking about and um, very much part of our YWAM DNA. And I've got three um, wonderful people who've joined me to have a chat about some of the material and some of our thoughts and opinions about thinking outside the box. Um, that is Lucy, who is in England, Andrew is in Ukraine, and Florine is in Romania. And I'm gonna give each one of you, welcome, all three of you, it's great to have this time with you. Um, I'm just gonna give each of you an opportunity to, to say a little bit about yourselves, um, where you are and what you're doing. So Lucy, why don't we start with you? Hi. <laughs> yeah, so my name's Lucy. Uh, I've been working with YWAM since 2001. Uh, I met uh, Miranda when I was living and working in South Africa. Um, many moons ago. Many moons ago and have served in various places between then and now. And I'm currently based on the far east coast of uh, England. Uh, I can see on a good day, I can see France from the end of my road, <laughs> which is a wonderful encouragement in these times when you can't go, when you can't leave your country, it's nice to at least see it in the distance. Wave. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <And> hope. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I'm here, I'm, I moved here a couple of years ago, uh, and I'm here to pioneer a YWAM team um, looking to um, the art and mercy ministry really those are the two main focuses that we would have with our team mm. Mm -hmm. great and I I work with um sort of the broader where I'm England and I'm under the kind of the cover of Homestead Manor which is okay a legacy yeah many of us will be familiar with Homestead Andrew how about you I you probably have snow outside your window we do. We got some nice snow out there. It's about. Uh, it's not too cold today. It's probably about minus ten today. Uh, the last few days, it's been like around minus eighteen, nineteen around there. So it's warmed up a little bit today. It's meant to go above zero tomorrow, so we'll have a nice melt off for the next few days. Um, but I've been in Ukraine for twenty-one years. Mm -hmm. um, I started out uh, in the capital, Kiev. I was there for ten years, and then. Um, my wife and I moved to the city of Vinitsa to pioneer a new team, new base, new location. Um, we came down here with a focus on outreach to orphans and the poor and the needy. Um, and we still do that. Uh, we still do a lot of uh, outreach to help the poor and the needy and orphans, but we've also broadened it out a bit more recently. So uh, with family ministries, going on here family counseling mm -hmm. uh, and just uh, evangelism through English clubs and 
mm. other types of outreach. We've run a DTS well, until the quarantines started. Mm. We were doing DTSs. Uh, we are looking to the future, wanting to run a bigger variety of schools mm-hmm. here as well. Yeah. Um, but we've always been a more of a ministry um, focused base than a training base. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So for us to think about running other types of schools is actually a bit of a a bit of a challenge because mm. most of our team members are more people that get out and do ministry rather than plan and, admi- and administer a school. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a bit of a different beast to have to right. uh, wrap your head around. Well, that's it's good to have you with us. Thank you. Thanks for being here. Florine, how about you? Tell us where you are and what you're doing. Yeah, I'm uh, living in Romania. Actually, I started in YWAM in Romania in 99. Mm-hmm. Also 21 years in YWAM. And um, I served mostly in Romania. Just when I went in outreach, I had the opportunity to serve in other cultures. And um, I was around pioneering. Like I was part of a team who we pioneered in YWAM Mediash, a base. And mm-hmm. right now I am pioneering a team in Cluj. And um, in my heart, I usually am focused on uh, discipleship. This is an important aspect for me and I love to spend time with people and invest in them mm. also one-on-one or groups or uh, yeah this type of format uh, but also uh, lately I discovered that I like to build homes uh, mm. like uh, for poor people and be involved in mercy ministry and this is something new for us having homes of hope uh, in uh, Romania mm. but I you know I, I enjoy to push the wheelbarrow and do any practical thing. <laughs> That's great. Uh, yeah. Uh, I'm married uh, with Laura and I have two boys, uh, Sergio and Andre. Great to have you with us. Thank you. Thank you for having me. And so um, not meaning to keep anyone in suspense who doesn't know me, my name is Miranda, which I failed to mention, and I'm living in Spain with my husband and two daughters. Um, <clears throat> so it's wonderful to have this um, representation of Wyoming around Europe, just in, in the four of us here. Um, so our, our topic today is um, entrepreneur for the month is entrepreneurship and thinking outside the box. And I don't know what you guys, what came to mind for you when you first saw that title. Um, I know for me, when I, when I saw the word entrepreneurship, I automatically thought of sort of small business, um, you know, kind of the kind of entrepreneurial spirit, but more in the kind of business world. Um, now, I've heard each one of you mention the word pioneering, which would maybe be our kind of YWAM terminology for entrepreneurship. I don't know. Um, but I'd love to hear from you. What, what comes to mind for you when you think of this topic? Just initial first responses, entrepreneurship, what, what kind of words? How would you describe what that is? Um, I'd say it's acting upon an idea. Um, mm-hmm. uh, it's it's uh, more like a attitude that a person has of mm. ideas there, let's do something about it and do it quick. Um, <clears throat> quick can be a bit of a relative idea, but um, it's not like spending, you know, then, okay, I'm going to do a, a plan. And after six months, we'll have our plan developed and then we'll go into phase two of... Uh, of fundraising which can take up to two years and it's not nothing like that it's it's a lot more spontaneous okay um ideas come you work to get that thing happening 
um, okay. in a realistic time frame, something fast, yeah. So it sounds kind of quite responsive to you. I think so, yeah. Mm. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. I agree with this, uh, but I will frame it a bit differently. I think it's also a person who acts upon an idea, but it's also able that he builds a community around that idea, like a group of people, mm -hmm. like he motivates. Mm. You can call it a team. And uh, he finds new ways, in a way, uh, of serving that specific need, you know, like mm -hmm. presented or, um, yeah, uh, mm -hmm. this is something which I maybe I will add on that. Mm. Thanks, Maureen. Lucy, what comes to mind for you? Yeah, I, I was thinking about, for me, it's people who are catalysts. Mm -hmm. They're the, the people who, um, you know, who, who bring the spark to something mm. different. Sometimes I think they can be maverick. You know, mm -hmm. they're doing something that nobody's done before. Uh, and and often they're adventurous. Mm -hmm. um, for me, I, um, it takes a certain level of adventure to be mm -hmm. an entrepreneur, to do mm -hmm. something that others may not really do or comfortably do. You're willing to do something that others mm -hmm. maybe aren't. Yeah. I heard Florine say um, earlier, he used the phrase, do whatever works, <laughs> which um, I think captures it really nicely. Um, you know, in, in Y1, we talk about doing new things in new ways. And I think that's kind of along the same lines. Mm -hmm. So I wonder if any of you have got, um, you could just tell us a little bit about an experience you've had of this sort of thing, doing something new, maybe just tell us what it was. Um, what did you do that was new and why? So I thought straight away of um, <clears throat> uh, when we came to this city to start Youth with a Mission here, um, wanted to reach out to orphans, but uh, we didn't have any connections with any of the government orphanages. So, um, but we knew that's what we wanted to do. So we literally just started researching until we found telephone numbers and addresses. Um, and then made phone calls, said, hey, can we come and talk to you? Um, we usually like, had something to dangle in front of them to make it more interesting in the way of, uh, oh, look, one of the orphanages, we said, oh, we've got uh, five computers that we received in humanitarian aid. Would you like these? And they, of course, they're like, oh, yeah, we'd love to have them. We don't have any computers here. So we turned up there and gave the stuff away and sat around for an hour and chatted with the director and had tea and coffee and whatever. And uh, by the end of our conversation, we'd um, been charming enough and friendly enough that uh, felt like it was the beginning of a friendship. And then we said, oh, we could come weekly if you'd like and of course the answer was like because we had built a quick rapport and he was like oh wow yeah we'd love to have you come um it can be that simple mm -hmm. uh you've got something you want to do and you look at what you have how can you get there mm -hmm. um, with what you already have sometimes you need to do a bit more work to get to that beginning stage but often it's yeah. just looking at what you have mm -hmm. mm, that's great thanks andrew how about you florine uh, for me, I will use the example of, um, you know, building houses. We just responded on something which the Lord put in our heart to help a um, single mom with four kids. It was mm. a bad weather and her house was destroyed. And we just felt that the Lord is leading us to do it without money in YWAM style. And we were <laughs> four boys, eight girls, no necessarily construction experience. And we just did it. And uh, then... Um, um, I think, you know, this type of experience happens in YWAM. You just follow the Lord and you do it. 
But I will say entrepreneurship is starting when you learn to kind of scale it and do it again and uh, even try to multiply the idea. Mm. And, uh, you know, by accident, the guys from Homes of Hope in Mexico, they reach, us to us, reach out to us. They wanted to multiply in Europe. I didn't know that. And I said, mm. okay, let's talk about it. We didn't have this planned. And then, uh, you know, this idea was taken further that uh, somebody uh, who was quite instrumental in Homes of Hope Mexico moved to Cluj, you know, like, uh, and he's part of our team right now. And uh, he's connected with churches who build houses and these kind of things. Mm. And then to see people from my church who are entrepreneurs and they have investment, they, you know, put their companies giving money. And um, mm. I, I think, um, you know, for me, it's also this aspect, like you have an idea, you try it, you go with the Lord, but then if you are able to multiply it, to scale it, to uh, create more teams, then uh, right. at least this part is attracted to, attractive to me yeah uh, to develop and we are right now in the phase that uh, like tomorrow i will talk in a big company it company who donated already one house and i invite the it guys to come to join us to build houses and um it's a kind of uh, um, uh, gets uh, a good basis in romania that uh, we can build with romania it's not just with the teams who comes mm. outside of yeah yeah that's great i'm hearing in both of of you i'm hearing this you know there's an identification of a need and there's some kind of opportunity which could include the sorts of people that god brings into your path to connect with um, and then there's the spark that lucy talked about <laughs> so lucy what has your experience been of um doing new things in new ways or thinking outside the box i think i was thinking about this earlier because i i I'm in a pioneering situation, but I'm, you know, I'm fairly, um, I'm fairly uh, immature in my experience as a pioneer on on my own kind of back. And we were talking about, I was, I talked to you about this earlier this morning, and I went away mm. and thought about it. And I thought, you know, there's so many different ways that we can pioneer. We can pioneer with projects. We can also pioneer with ideas. Mm -hmm. And um, I think for me, it's. I worked the, when we first met Miranda it was working in Cape Town and and I was I was quite outspoken and I think sometimes actually mm -hmm. when you're outspoken about injustice that can be part of your idea sewing um yes. now I'm, I'm working here in England and you know I take with me the experience of working with with um with, with the world of HIV and AIDS and working with women who were who were working on the streets as sex workers and I'm here um, start hoping to start a project working with women here um, in our kind of neighborhood there's lots of mm. um, there's lots of those threads that all kind of tie up and it, for mm. me it's being sort of being outspoken that has connected me to people who've mm. said oh actually um, I heard what you were saying and that's something I've got a passion for as well so it's mm. this way that sort of God is bringing people together through these shared connections and threads. Mm. Um, and I think that that is something it being willing to not let it go. And mm. um, when you when you get this passion to start something, it's it's being willing, willing to not let it go until you see it kind of mm -hmm. come to life. Mm -hmm. We I think I've always been involved in projects where I've worked with others and with this 
other seed ideas from other organizations as well mm -hmm. and it's looking to see okay what what do i know and how do i apply it mm -hmm. in my context mm -hmm. so we did some work uh, in brighton with art ministry and um, doing an advent calendars on, on a beach hut which you know every day was a different beach hut with a different expression of advent and here we're in sanit and you know we we're looking at what we can do here we've got beach huts what is our our, our unique contribution going to be mm. during this time mm. um which would take something of that idea of using spaces to multiply mm. and communicate the gospel mm. And it mm. might be shop shop windows during lockdown. Or, you know, yeah. we, don't, we don't know. Yeah. It's, I love um, just hearing you reflect there and the number of times that you mentioned the word idea. And when I was thinking about this topic, I was thinking um, something that seems crucial to it is having imagination, like having the capacity to imagine um, a different reality. Um, you know, and, and biblically or theologically, we talk about that as imagining the kingdom. <laughs> you know, do we have the ability to envision what the kingdom of God looks like where I am or where you are? Um, so I don't know, what would you say about the role of imagination in, um, in kind of doing new things in new ways? And how has that, um, how has imagination been at work for you in your process of pioneering new things. Lucy. <laughs> <laughs> I think, you know, I remember a friend said to me, you've got so many ideas, you just need to put it down there, you know, get it, get it out on paper. And, and I do think, you know, we can take a model that somebody else has used and we can imagine that we're supposed to do it the same way as them. But the exciting thing is, is, is that we don't. And I'm in this kind of strange paradigm where I'm saying, well, I, I don't want to do it exactly the same way, but mm. what, are, what, are, what are the best practices to keep it? Because I, I, you know, I, I like the word rules, but I have to try and remind myself that I don't have to stick, you know, what are the, rule, the rules as I imagine them and the real mm. rules aren't right. always the same thing. Right. And, uh, um, and how, do I, how do I go about exploring you know we've, we've got a, a christian bookshop that i go and pray in in a prayer house and it's like okay god i just want to get the ground floor space and i want to turn it into mm. a gallery and, mm. a, and a place where people can come and just come in off the street and experience you and we can do christian meditation and and i'm really excited about how that moves forward it's like taking all of these threads and these strands together and saying okay why not I think that's mm. a big question is, is mm -hmm. the, the why not as well as, mm -hmm. of, of, you know, I think often we feel we've got to, we've got to fix things and do things the way that we've seen them done before, but why not yeah. do them differently? Yeah. I, I think Florin, I was really excited when you were saying about you, you're wanting to pioneer schools um, with people who aren't used to working in that way. And I thought, well, how exciting, because maybe you can make schools that are accessible to people who aren't used to studying in that way, you know, and it's it's quite exciting to think and imagine what that could look like. Mm. Really great practical training for people mm. who maybe aren't academics or aren't mm -hmm. used to learning in in a in a sort of classroom setting. Mm. So yeah, mm. I think it's it's kind mm. of fun. You know, what are the real rules? Is yeah. Kind of a, yeah. Kind of 
So um, in the, um, the leadership lounge with Joachim Magnus, he talked about his process for getting ideas. So we'll stay a little bit with this idea of imagination and ideas. And um, he said for him, you know, if he's going for a run or if he's lying awake at night, those are the times when he, he you know, he gets a new idea or something to do, something to try. Um, so Andrew or Florine, I don't know if you have moments um, which are your best kind of moments for thinking new thoughts um, or imagining a different way of doing things. All right. Uh, for me, it's helpful dialogues mm. and a verbal processor. Um, mm -hmm. And I kind of have, uh, whenever I have a new idea or just like a seed of an idea, I like to just talk that idea mm. with somebody Mm. And, um, you know, in, if some ideas take me six months, one year, but I, I also want to see a process, you know, kind of the Lord's hand is in this idea and some sort of development. Um, of course, uh, you can discuss with people who are not reacting well when they hear first time mm -hmm. and you need to ask yourself why maybe you didn't present it well or maybe it's not necessarily an idea for that time. But um, usually... Um, I, I don't find that I can uh, imagine myself an idea from beginning to end. I kind mm -hmm. of, I need the dialogue. I need talking to people. Um, and uh, that's at least helpful for me. Uh, and also when you talk with people who encourage you, then also then you can have a, a moment when you feel that you receive faith for that idea. Mm -hmm. Because sometimes I have imagination and I know it's possible mentally. Mm -hmm. But sometimes I have an idea or an imagination which I can envision it, which is for me a different level uh, mm -hmm. where you can envision. Uh, and um, in, in a way, I find also imagination can work against me, you know, because sometimes I imagine even details like what a person will, uh, you know, like who will be the person who will come and even give money. And that's All not the things helpful that could because, go wrong. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah. Uh, and that's also not helpful because uh, I, I, I kind of I understand then I go. Uh, quicker than I should go you know like I go in front of the Lord if I can use this in English as an expression mm -hmm. you know, like, uh, and uh, you need to stay on the process like uh, to know yourself how you are wired yeah. I, I never can build an idea just by myself I need mm -hmm. the people mm. and uh, I love the that. Lord is using that yeah yeah I love that um, yeah just that recognition that team is is needed in order to fill out what this idea is gonna look like in practice yeah. um, it took me a while to accept that but it's mm, yeah from the beginning yeah but... we like the idea of being the genius who makes it all happen but yeah, yeah. Hmm. any additional thoughts andrew or questions i've often noticed that with ideas um because i constantly have ideas of ministry stuff to do and mm. all sorts of stuff have more ideas than I could would ever realistically use or mm -hmm. need to use um, and I have to actually guard myself against that because sometimes I can waste too much time thinking mm -hmm. about how to make something happen when mm -hmm. if I was getting really honest with myself early on I'd realize, realize well no that's not really my calling that's not really the direction I'm meant to be going in mm -hmm. um, but uh, I think one thing about ideas is give them away as well. Because mm -hmm. um, uh, often other people, you know, they struggle with ideas. Um, mm -hmm. But once they hear the right idea, that's when their 
entrepreneurial mm-hmm. spirit will kick in and they'll take hold of that idea and run with it and make it happen. Mm-hmm. And I've seen it happen a bunch of times. Um, got a young guy on our team, 22 years old, comes from a village not far away from here, wanted to start doing something to reach out to the village that he was born in. He was mm-hmm. put in an orphanage when he was eight or nine years old. Um, but he didn't know what. And I was like, well, just start going there every week. And mm-hmm. so he started doing that. But then after a while, he was like, well, I want people to know Jesus type of thing. And I was like, well, what are you going to do? And he had no ideas. Um, so I kept asking what he was going to do. And then one day uh, um, I'd been out there a bunch of times with him and I noticed a bunch of the young people in the village. They're like workout freaks. They love to mm-hmm. um, take pictures of their muscles um, type of thing. <laughs> and, and I just said to him, oh, wouldn't it be great if we could do like a – um, like have a sports competition out here with a, you know, a cross country run and a few other stuff and, mm-hmm. you know, a few other type of exercises that you can do as competitions. And I just left it with him. And then like two weeks later, I heard somebody else on our team come to me. It's like, Oh, uh, this guy's name is Vadim. It's like, Oh, Vadim uh, has this idea to do like a, a sports competition out there in the springtime. And I was like, Oh, okay. That's great. Yeah. Um, <laughs> now, if I spoke to him, he doesn't even remember that, that I mentioned it in a conversation. Yeah. He just um, he just took it on as his own and Great. making plans for it. Mm-hmm. Um, so you, know, you just got to find ways to offload these ideas and stuff that mm. you can have because um, it can be somebody else's thing to run with. Mm. Yeah, that's great. Just this this i this idea, this um, notion of generating new creative um, thoughts, imagining what could possibly could be possible. Um, mm. And um, Florine talked about kind of filling that out by dialoguing with other people, inviting them into the process. Andrew's talking about um, maybe giving away some of those ideas because there's too many to do yourself. Um, and, and Lucy mentioned this um, reality of kind of rules in terms of things that have been tried and tested um, and taking what we know has been tried and tested, but then also kind of you know, breaking the, the, the boundaries, breaking out of the box um, in some ways that bring uh, new opportunities into the contest that, we're, that we care about. Um, so I'm hearing some things about growing ideas, which kind of brings us to the place of um, doing new things in new ways. Um, I'm hearing some things which help us um, think through what makes that work. (laughs) Um, What's the kind of environment that makes it possible for people to do new things? Because as Lucy mentioned a while ago, not everyone is comfortable with change. Um, And change kind of rocks the boat. It causes a bit of disequilibrium. A lot of people are very kind of harmony oriented. It's not comfortable. Um, And so somehow there's this process in which we shake things up a little bit if we're entrepreneurial. Um, I don't know if you've had experience of that. Um, I remember arriving in in a new location for us at one point and coming up with an idea I thought was a great idea. And, um, you know, the response was, well, we tried that, it didn't work. You know, cold water on my idea. Um, So so I'm sure that's happened to you guys. How did you respond? Um, how do we work through this kind of rocky phase of 
convincing others that our brilliant idea is is perhaps something they might want to join in with. Lucy, do you have a thought? I, I think that for me, the, the biggest cold water was when I first moved here, I went to the pastor's breakfast. Um, sort of the most elderly of all the pastors in the town turned and just said, so uh, why do we need YWAM? You know, do we actually need YWAM here? And uh, I, I sort of smiled and said, uh, well, we've got 180,000 people here and they're not all Christians yet, so why not? <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. uh, it, I think, you know, it can be like utterly crushing when, you, mm. when, you're, um, when you're really sort of pumped and, and ready. I think one of the, the main things I think is to remember if you've, if you've got the vision that it's, it, is it something that you think you could commit a decade of your life to? At the beginning, I think is a really good um, a, a really good reminder. Somebody kind of said to me, you know, it takes five to seven years before you see an idea really start to come to birth, and um, and so that that was a real help and a reminder for me. And I think when I went to that pastor's breakfast and I said, you know, look, I'm I've made a ten year commitment to being here, and I could just see this collective sigh of relief around the room. I was not going to be this young person coming in and telling them all the ways why I thought that why one was better than what they were doing and and I think that's that's really um it's provided a real blessing for me here amongst the church leaders mm. um, and I think that that that's been really helpful actually and I think also kind of having a humility in the midst of our kind of passion and mm. our pioneering spirit is really really helpful mm. so building trust mm -hmm. and and demonstrating commitment yeah mm. and and being okay I think you know I do think it's not I do think that there are certain people who just have the charisma to see more things come uh -huh. to earth and mm -hmm. and being okay with that um, mm -hmm. um and being okay if it's you know three or four years down the line the idea that you had somebody else is carrying forward and being mm. okay with the fact that maybe our idea um is a really good one and it is a vision mm. and it may even be from god but maybe mm. our understanding of the timing isn't necessarily always mm -hmm. right and being okay yeah. with that and it's not a reflection of us yeah um, i think that's for me that's really been really helpful yeah yeah that's maybe something to come back to i know in um the article that runar wrote he talked about particular gifting and you talked about that particular charisma um mm. So maybe doing completely new things in completely new ways is not for all of us. Um, I don't know, what do you guys think about this? Um, the cold water experience or the question of charisma? The cold water experience. Um, it can be good, the cold water experience. Um, mm -hmm. It, uh, oops, sorry. Hey there. Uh, <laughs> Oh, good. <laughs> uh, I remember one time when I was at the base in Kiev, we wanted to start doing like a weekend training with kids from a, like a college age orphanage. And it was just to do a weekend course on photography or on video editing or mm -hmm. on writing, just more creative type of things to show them that uh, 
the professional world out there was much bigger than what they were being told. You know, uh, you can be a bricklayer, you can be a tiler, um, you can be a cook. That was sort of their options they were mostly being given. And uh, when we started doing that, Wyoming Kiev had just like a what, like had an apartment. Um, it had three rooms in it. One room was office room. The other room uh, was used. I don't know what they used it for, but one room was like a meeting room. And so we were like, oh, great. We can use the meeting room, bring, you know, 10 kids in at a time for the weekend. Um, we asked if we could use the space. We had our idea. We we're going to do it. Oh, no, you can't have those kids in here. Mm. <laughs> um, which was a little bit crushing at the time. <laughs> um, but we uh, figured out that we would do the first time around anyway. We got permission at the college orphanage to just do it all out there, um, which in the long run turned out much better because um, the director of the orphanage and the workers there got to see what we were doing and mm. it built trust so much quicker. Mm. Um, uh, so the, the turn down of our initial plan actually worked out in our benefit because mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. we found another way of doing it. Mm -hmm. And uh, later on when YWAM uh, in Kiev got some more facilities, um, because we did have that trust, then we were able to more easily take kids out of the orphanage for the weekends and actually bring them into town to continue doing these course, courses mm. that we were running. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. Cold water can hurt a little bit. It's a little unpleasant, mm -hmm. but, uh, mm -hmm. you know, that fresh wake up in the morning can also get your <laughs> yeah. brain going on how else to do it. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You have to, to rethink it maybe. But also I was thinking as I was listening to you that the cold water experience can... Um, can sort of cause us to decide, is this idea worth it? Is it something that I want to hold on to? You know, if my idea just gets kind of washed out as soon as the cold water comes, then, you know, maybe I'm not, I'm yeah. not onto the thing that, you know, it's not the thing I thought it was. Um, yeah. Maybe there's something else that needs to happen. But um, I think a typical entrepreneurial trait is that if somebody tosses the cold water on, then you're probably going to get more determined to make it happen. Right, right. Um, <laughs> or you just pivot a little bit and carry yeah, on. Yeah. 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 Florine, I, I think, to add? you know, uh, if in the business world, in, uh, if an entrepreneur have an idea, he needs to make the investment investors to believe it in the idea. Uh -huh. mm -hmm. Like I don't need to make the whole world to think that my idea is great. Mm -hmm. you know, if you run that everybody which you talk, they will believe and they will just say, that's a great idea. Nobody had it. I, I think it's a wrong expectation. But mm -hmm. I think uh, if you get a cold water experience from a person which you view that that person's uh, perspective matters to you or you mm -hmm. wanted that person to invest some in some ways, not necessarily fina financially in that idea. Mm -hmm. um, I had this experience and for me it was also maybe I didn't present it well. You know, mm -hmm. usually the people who presents, you know, for business uh, investors, like he will do a business plan, he will try to communicate on their language. And uh, sometimes I realize if I communicate the idea, how I receive it and how I, how that idea makes me passionate, doesn't mean that the person uh, will understand it. And I need to learn to mm -hmm. translate it on, uh, uh, on their language. And um, yeah, I, I think to, you know, from the moment when you have an idea, and uh, to kind of grow it and to present it well and to to have that group of people which you need you know even mm -hmm. staff and uh, you know people from other bases to just kind of join the team and come behind that idea 
uh, needs a bit of work and needs to uh, learn it to put it in uh, in a language that they will understand mm-hmm. uh, not necessarily just uh, you are because in my mind was you know you get the mic in a conference and you say it and everybody cries and have an encounter with the Lord <laughs> and say yes but that's usually not happening you know like yeah. I, I think uh, this is something which we need to learn you know like it is the Lord is bringing the idea to us he's carrying us and he's the most important investor in the idea Mm-hmm. but when it's coming to convince people we need to learn the techniques you know how you present that idea you know you have mm-hmm. a clear budget you have phases you have uh, mm-hmm. you know and depending on the person or depending on the idea what type of people you need or how much money you need around that idea uh, then you need to do more work you know if mm-hmm. it's uh, now three somewhere like one project one time then you don't need all these things but if it's uh, an idea with 10 million dollars then you need to do a lot more business plan and you know all these things mm. that you convince people. Mm. Mm. So that that takes me back to this um, thing that you raised before, which is the need for people, um, because in that scenario, what I hear is a lot of different giftings. Um, you know, there's the gifting of the person with the idea, maybe with the charisma to invite other people to participate in the idea, but then there's the gifting of um, you know, people who can think through the implications, the finances, the actual plan, maybe the person who is has the capacity to stand up the front and invite others or invite business people, maybe that person's not the person who had the original idea. Um, that could even be somebody else. So I don't know what your experience has been of um, gifts that you don't have, that you need, that you, you invite others to come and bring their peace. Um, you know, is is the entrepreneurial gift um, quite rare? Is it is it something that's just for a few people? Um, how do we generate more of that, or is that even possible? Um, throwing questions at you there. Who's got a thought? Well, I'm guessing that it's. Um... I don't think it's just a gift that just some people have. I think it's something you can learn. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think if you're around other people that have it, yeah. um, you pick it up over time because mm-hmm. you just see it in action. Um, right. Uh, so I think a big part of it is definitely the environment that you're in. Mm. Um, uh, I can see it in my team here. We we have a fairly entrepreneurial environment where mm-hmm. we're a small team. So it's not the place you come to just join in with something that somebody else is doing. If you want to come down here, um, you got to have the desire to get something going. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we've seen people join our team with a desire, but not knowing how to do that. Um, and often it just takes a little bit of extra encouragement to give them that push to try and, um, mm-hmm. And then you just sort of hang out with them and help them make their mistakes <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, and recover. <laughs> and recover, yeah, and definitely yeah. and recover. Because um, usually the mistakes when somebody's starting out are not that big anyway, mm-hmm. and, uh, and they're great learning experiences. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, totally the environment that you can create for people to be in so that they can um, uh, try and. Mm-hmm. Um, succeed and fail and succeed and whatever needs to happen is really important. Um, a lot of freedom. You've got to have a good amount of freedom um, in your team and your environment. 
Um, if you have lots of rules and hoops for people to jump through before they can get started with something, mm -hmm. that's going to really slow down the um, mm -hmm. entrepreneurial spirit. Mm -hmm. um, people that are entrepreneurs, they do. They want to get busy. They want to get active and try and make something happen. So you got to try and help facilitate that. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I love that that idea of, of it's not, build, it's essentially it's building a culture, isn't it? Would you say, Andrew? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, it is, and it's not based around um, personality or like obviously being able to communicate and um, is important, but you don't have to be like some super charismatic per person to be an entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. One of one of our most successful guys on the team, um, he's like such a quiet guy um you know when he's having his day off he turns all his telephones and computers off you can't get in touch with the guy because he needs that to recover and recuperate mm. um but uh, you know he's been running four english clubs and has networked with local churches to have teams going to orphanages and mm. if you just met him you wouldn't think he did it um mm. so he's an american had to work really hard as soon as he got here to learn the language so he could mm. go and do it all on his own and um you know so just because he's so quiet and reserved he's not mm -hmm. the typical person you might think mm -hmm. um has an entrepreneurial spirit mm -hmm. but he does because he um saw what he wanted to do yeah so what the need was and just went about doing it um mm -hmm. yeah mm. so. initiative taking yeah 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 florine mm -hmm. do you have thoughts on this i think one aspect is um you know like um also had this, I had this problem to compare myself with all the YWAMers, you know, like who are, had the great ideas and, uh, you know, like whoever came first in Romania, Romania was so hungry and so little thing happened. You know, mm. whatever idea you bring will find roots and will be very easy and no competition. Uh -huh. And, you know, you can, could be around one person comes and influence people and uh, he will be named and yeah. But right now, if you start something, you can't do it without a team. It, it's it's impossible because the whole all the phases when like you dream the idea and to see that you can multiply that idea, um, I I will fail. You know, like uh, I am I, I will not maybe be able to send my newsletter or communication or improve the idea or get the feedbacks. Like without the team, it's uh, it's, it's no way. And mm -hmm. I think the new generation of wireless they just need to learn. Uh, you know, it's a different world out there. It's not necessarily around one person. Uh, you mm -hmm. need the whole team and learn mm -hmm. the dynamics of function, like create a culture for your team. Uh, and even like with the house build, you know, we, we are from the beginning look to multiply this. And I was asking somebody who had many years in mission and uh, uh, I asked, you know, because we had the person who came to our location to kind of take on the, 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 the role. And the person, mm -hmm. the old missionary said, the person is not able because what you have, you have a team. And with that team, you are able to build houses and the person is alone and he, he don't have a team. And that, that's a, you know, a, a new factor. Like we can't compare ourselves with the people who pioneered YWAM. They could you know, take a continent, uh, leave a mark mm -hmm. there. Now we need to convince a group of people and uh, you mm -hmm. know, learn to be entrepreneur together. Um, yeah that's yeah that's great it, it sounds like the, there's still a place for the person who brings the energy of 
of the new initiative or the new imagining, the new way of seeing what, what could be possible and the, the belief that, that it, it could be possible, that we can do this, we can, we can bring this about together. Um, and maybe that's more than one person, but it sounds as though there's still a place for that kind of, the energy of that gifting. Of course, I don't want to say it's not. Uh, sorry mm. to just jump in here. But, mm. you know, like whatever idea you bring now in YWAM, uh, you immediately think, oh, maybe YWAM Norway can get behind that or YWAM England or YWAM. And already you need the networking and you need all the, uh, you, you can't uh, yeah, have yeah. any more, you know, when it's, when it's an idea around your uh, city or uh, you know next village of course you can do it by yourself but when you want to be something which have an impact mm -hmm. more than your village next to you then you need people mm -hmm. yeah. mm. Lucy what would you add to this I was thinking about what um, Carl wrote in his mm. article about the difference between the visionary and, and the apostolic mm -hmm. and um, yeah this whole idea of if you can you can have an idea um but you do need to see it broadened and and i think i think there will be people who have ideas and have projects that they're quite happy to do on their own for the rest of their life but mm. they're not going to be the people who want to transform something that, that goes beyond themselves and leaves a legacy and i think that's Mm -hmm. that's the really important thing about about the team and even in you know even our pioneers our pioneering leaders who started um and pioneered YWAM into um in, into the nations mm -hmm. they may have started alone but it wasn't long before they were a team because mm -hmm. you know, that's the way that multiplication and legacy happens is by mm -hmm. by seeing something grow and uh, and other people and I, I know mm -hmm. that you know, I have a I have a, a heart for working with the most vulnerable women, but if I go out on my own on the streets, either I will get myself in a position where I put myself in a very dangerous situation, mm. or I will burn out, or mm. um, or I won't have the understanding and the wisdom that I need. And mm -hmm. I think that that's really, you know, an, an important lesson to learn is 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 the safety of team. And I think that's something that often, um, you know, I'm I'm at the moment I'm on my own. The the girl who who came here to pioneer with me had to leave for health reasons, and um, I, I married my husband has done a DTS. Don't worry, um, <laughs> but he uh, but he's a teacher, mm. and um, you know, and we're kind of trying to work out how we move move mm. forward with that. But I can't go out on my own on the streets and go into the neighborhoods mm. or go go up to the women who are on the streets who I think are sex working um, on my own. If no. I don't, you know, I, I would like to survive beyond today. <laughs> and um, and I think that's something really important to remember is, is there mm. is safety that comes from team. And mm. sometimes we can see that as a restriction and a restraint. And mm. especially when you're like me, it's like super like, go for it mm. um you know don't hold me back um mm. i think it you know it's, it's remembering that actually if i want this to be around for a long time i need to i need to be safe enough to to be here in that time mm. Mm. and um, and not be um not be a victim of my own desire to see something start mm. 
Mm, it's interesting hearing you talk about constraints. Um, it's making me think about some of the um, art processing that I've done with people, just using art making as a way to help people process with God. Um, and actually when you put constraints around um, creativity, um, that can provide the, the impetus for something really completely new that you wouldn't have thought of, of making before. Um, so even for example, if you, if you give people a, a time limit and you say, okay, you've got three minutes to do this, um, the constraint of the time actually kind of somehow energizes the creative process. And I'm wondering if some of the, the constraints of what's happening in our context or the constraints of, you know, we often we're kind of trying to make do with the resources that we've got and we don't have endless resources or the constraints, even of the particular giftings on our team cause us to have to do new things in new ways. We have to kind of have a, do a workaround. We have to, you know, we're gonna find a way to make this work and it's maybe not gonna look the way we thought it would at the beginning, um, but there's this kind of creative energy that brings about something um, that, you know, that is part of this beautiful picture that emerges. Um, so I just in the next couple of minutes, any thoughts about constraints? How have you responded to um, things that maybe feel like a limitation but end up being part of the new thing? Well, obviously the pandemic has been a restraint. Um, yes, I wanted to get to that. Thank you. Um, <laughs> I'm hoping it was on everybody's mind as soon as you said restraints. <laughs> I remember the, when was it? When, when did it start? March? Was it last year? Mm, March, yeah. April, something. March, uh, so when, yeah. when, when Ukraine first went into lockdown, we had about whatever, five or six weeks of hard lockdown. It was terrible. Um, and we didn't know what to do. Or we had a whole bunch of orphanages that we visited weekly. We had a disabled facility, government one that we visited weekly, and they're all closed. Everything they're still closed now. Oh, wow. And uh, you know, so you know, whatever seventy percent of our regular weekly ministry just disappeared overnight. And suddenly, you got all these missionaries that are feeling really insecure because they're not doing something. Like, <laughs> oh, what is everybody going to think if we're not actually doing some sort of ministry? Um, yeah. uh, but that actually became the impetus for us, for us to start doing outreach into some poor villages. Mm. Um, so even though there were still quarantines going on, we could meet with, we went out to some of these villages. We, some of our team members come from there mm. and uh, just go and talk with poor families, started delivering food, discovered a bunch of poor families because they sort of live on day paychecks and they couldn't work anymore. They didn't have money for food, so we started raising money to get food and delivering food, and um, ended up turning to de delivering food and Bibles. And um, but it, uh, that one restraint opened up a whole new avenue of ministry mm -hmm. that we're still doing now, and uh, it's actually been really uh, for the guys that are working on it in our team. It's been really, really satisfying to do it. Mm. Um, in the one village, the mayor of the village came to know Jesus through it. Um, Cause she used to like sitting in the car and driving around to deliver the food with the, our team members. Mm. And on one particular day, one of the guys just told their testimony and she starts weeping and wants to become a Christian. She's been an atheist her whole life. And, you know, so restraints, Wonderful. as you said, can really push mm. um, you into a different area mm. that brings results. Mm. Um, yeah. Beautiful example. Thank you. Yeah. 
Florine or Lucy, that, how about you? Um, mm. Yeah, I, I will add also constraints are helpful to uh, remind us that we are not just doing something by our, our own. Mm. You know, for me, it's also a reminder that we need to go to God, you know, like mm -hmm. to pray and um, to just ask um, um, uh, help from him. Mm -hmm. And also it's a, 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 how you said for the creative process, uh, then uh, it's time to think maybe it's an, another way to do it. Um, like for, for us, the experience with the pandemic was like, we had really a great year at the beginning January, like we had the biggest budget. Uh, we were built, we had houses lined up, which we were built and everything. And uh, uh, when the pandemic came, we were not sure that we'll be able to pay even the rent. Uh, if the mm -hmm. team will be or not, uh, we'll lose everything. Everything was mm -hmm. possible, you know, like, but uh, for me, that was a moment to kind of uh, reach out to, you know, groups of people um, just to talk, you know, just to hear what the business people will say, what ideas they have. Uh, you know, sometimes constraint uh, uh, can help you to know that not everything is in yourself. You need to reach mm -hmm. out, you need to mm. talk, you need to find out, you need to. Um, and uh, for me, it was really helpful that. And I was thinking that, uh, you know, having the, at the beginning of the year, this will be a great year, uh, you know, that will be kind of a confirmation that the Lord is with you. But uh, sometimes, you know, when you go through uh, difficulties, it's even a better confirmation that the Lord is with you because mm -hmm. it's a place for him to do miracles. Mm -hmm. I remember we had the DTS uh, in uh, Romania all the time. We were fundraising for schools, you know, for outreach, for lecture phase. And in that school, we didn't do any fundraising. The students had money, but nobody mm. stayed in mission. That mm. was the weird fact. And, uh, you know, we had the school and we did, even didn't have heating system, you know, like to have, um, um, we were having blankets in the classroom and 90% stayed in mission. Even was really hard. <laughs> I thought everybody would leave in the first Amazing. month. <laughs> and, uh, you know sometimes constraints uh, mm. helps you and we were joking mm. as staff you know like I said even if we have all the money we just need to create some hardship for the students uh, because otherwise <laughs> they will have the wrong picture about mission uh, yeah, yeah. I, I, I think it's uh, for me um, life will be boring without constraints mm. I'll send some of mine your way <laughs> <laughs> Lucy, what do you think? Yeah, I think, yeah, I think I, I, you know, I agree. And this, this year has been really challenging. I mean, like for us, for, in, personally for me, mm. you know, I was supposed to get married in, um, in April and we didn't get married till August and it was mm. very different to what we expected. So mm. that was another thing. But, I, you know, we, we often talk about the new technology and how the new technology is going to enable us to do ministry. And we think it's going to be in one way. And then, mm. you know, we've had this year where, I mean, I wouldn't have met you guys if it hadn't mm. been for this. <laughs> yeah. You know, just, just that I, for, I helped to coordinate the forum of leaders within WOM England. And during the first lockdown, we met every other week and we would put people into a breakout room uh, just with whoever you know and at the end we got some feedback and some of the guys said to us you know we met people that we never would have met because you put us in a break breakout room and we couldn't mm -hmm. choose because even when you're in a big room mm -hmm. and you say go into a breakout room with mm -hmm. these people there's still some personal yeah. preferences that that play into that and you know yeah. all that we've discovered about our you know how we can connect with each other this year has been phenomenal um 
and I do think that's because we've we've had restrictions and constraints. Um, I think one thing that really struck me, and I've had to keep remembering that, is a friend said to me, you know, Lucy, we can still do evangelism. You know, you can actually still go out to the shop and you can still talk to somebody in the queue. <laughs> you can still go up, you can still talk mm. to people on the street with the two mm. meter distance. I mean, English people are really happy with that. You know, <laughs> they're nice personal boundaries. And, uh, you know, we can still, we can still relate to people. And um, mm. I normally, um, I'm on the, I, I, um, I'm the chair of Planet uh, Church's Open Christmas. We normally do like a four day event over Christmas for people who've got, nowhere or no one to be with at Christmas yeah. and this year we did it in in hampers and we yeah. gave out a uh, hundred hampers to over 200 people and it was it was very different people who we saw which was yeah. also very interesting it was you know it's a different kind of people and and seeing them come and get their Christmas hamper and cry you know with this yeah. the children and we thought about the specifics of of each person and it pushed us you know because our team of normally 30 volunteers was the six of us in the bubble of our core team to mm. make this happen mm. and I think you know it, it has been a real stretching time but it's made us realize you know we've got a lot that we can give even when we even when we've got nothing to give you know and mm. I think YWAMers are perfect for this kind of thing because we mm. are so used to doing a lot with not mm. much mm. and and you know that we you know, we are, I think probably we are more resilient than I, I think we realise. Um, mm. I think that's really exciting. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. That's that's a good word for us as we um, as we come to the end of our time. We're, we we've been chatting just about for an hour. So thank you guys for your for sharing your thoughts mm. about entrepreneurship and thinking outside the box. Um, I was thinking just as I was listening to Lucy talking then that in, um, in adult learning, adult education, they talk about the importance of, um, of disequilibrium for people to learn new things, like shaking things up a bit, getting people out of the rut that they're in, out of the comfortable place. Um, and if this year has been anything, it's been <laughs> shaking us up a bit and, and getting us out of our comfortable places. So. I wonder if we could join together in just blessing one another and even YWAM around Europe um, with the, the capacity to respond to this challenging season, um, empowered by the Holy Spirit to imagine um, a different, um, a different possibilities, different ways of being kingdom people in the places where we live. Um, the ability to think outside the box and that we would be giving one another the freedom to to do that um, and maybe to to fail like Andrew was saying but to recover and to keep going um, so yeah I, I speak that out as a blessing I'm sure you will join me in that and um, a special thank you to the three of you for being here mm -hmm. um, and those of us who those of you rather who joined the call um, and those who will watch this as a recording, thank you very much. May there be many new initiatives that bubble up in the next months. Yeah, for sure. Thanks, can everybody. I pray, can I? Could I pray quickly? You may. If that was that not prayerful enough, Lucy, you may pray. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just want to. I want to. Oh, oh bless! I want to bless Florin and his team with the mm. creativity with these new education ideas and schools and training. 
Um, Father, I'm really excited for what that could look like. Uh, Father, would you help them to, to take what they know they have to achieve? And would you, I just want to, to claim a blessing of creativity over, over the learning style. And yeah, would you empower their team to, to have the skills they need to multiply within the constraints of our, of, uh, and the, 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 the needs of our university. Would you bless them with that in Jesus' name? And I want to pray for Andrew and his team um, that actually when um, when these orphanages open up, I want to pray for, a, a, for the, the leaders of the local um, government to recognise how much they've missed of their team. And um, I want to pray for their area as well. I don't know how many more children will, will need homes because of this COVID crisis. And I want to pray for uh, authority greater than they've ever known or imagined to speak to the homes of the, of the people in the Ukraine that they could corporately be part of um, becoming family to many who need it in Jesus' name. Mm. Amen. Amen. Just Thank you. you to pray. <laughs> That's great. Thank you. That's Thanks so much, you guys. Um, and um, we'll see you at the next drop-in discussion. Thank you. Bye for now. Bye-bye. Thank you.